Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue, and we are recording above the butcher shop in Spring Valley at Valley Farm Market. Today is a very special episode because I don't have my partner in crime. He is in Alaska hunting. Today, uh, actually, we're recording at the start of hunting season, um, and this is the earliest podcast that we have ever done. And in order to do that, we brought in a very special guest, and that is George Recoy of Recoy Creative. Uh, George and I met back in 2014. He was actually my first Instagram friend. 2014? 2014. What is that? 2014. So I was uh, late to the Instagram game. I don't know when Instagram came out. um, But... 95. (laughs) 95. Uh, But once I actually did get on Instagram and start uh, following things that I liked, uh, sports entertainment, Chargers stuff, uh, things about hospitality, things about food, uh, George's... SD Bolt Complex page. Very kept, complex. It's very complex. Kept right. coming up. Um, yeah. Kept coming up multiple times in my feed. I always liked um, his style. I liked the way that he positioned his photos. I liked the logo. I liked the text. Um, and I reached out and we started a friendship. I actually bought a banner um, that still hangs today in the bar at Cali Comfort. Um, the, the what does bl- that banner say? It says... Um, Actually, I don't remember right now. Oh, come on. You know <laughs> no. what it says. Well, it, it actually... Well, first of all, good morning, Sean. Good morning. Welcome. I just first time ever on my podcast, so... And the earliest you're saying. This is the earliest podcast wow. we've ever done. Usually around this time, I'm actually coming home. Yes. So this is a, a, a very special day for me as well. So. Well, one of the other reasons is early is what tailgaters do. And I think one of the things that connected you and me is that you have tailgating in your blood uh, okay i'll take that you'll take that yeah you should take I, it. i love i love i love that you so, love events I-, I love events yeah I'm, I'm a very i guess i'm a very social person well let's give, like let's give the, let's let's let the listeners know what your background is what do you do professionally uh, so i actually well before i do that it's the blood makes you related related but loyalty makes you family Correct. That's the banner that you bought. That's the banner that I bought. That's the banner that I still have. Yeah. Yeah. It's still up in your Cali Comfort. Author unknown. Yep. Actually, yeah, you're right. Anyway, so my background really quick is um, I've been a sort of a artist since I was a kid. Uh, Artist as in uh, drawing. I used to love drawing cartoons. As a matter of fact, my so-called... taggy name back in the day when i had friends that were you were also, a tagger i was a tagger really i was a graffiti artist tagger on public know. space no not really so that's okay. the difference I, my, my tagging was mainly on books maybe locker rooms here and there not Bind- on walls, binders binders and whatnot and i used to love cartoons so much that my, my name was tuner they used to call me tuner anyway so from there i just decided to were you in a gang really, at that point no there was no gang affiliation. how old were you Oh, this is in middle school, middle, you know, school. middle school, high school, whatever. So you instead know? of paying attention in class, you were. I, I aced my, my art class, by the way. You did? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. good. There I, should I, be I more love, art classes, so there's less tagging. Oh, I, I, I I've love been a big art. proponent of that. I didn't like math too much. didn't like English too much, as you can see in my, some of my grammar. Anyways, so I, I had this uh, huge connection with mascots later in the days after I loved cartoons. You wanted uh, to be a mascot? Cartoons. No, I just, I just love the history of mascots. I love the, the sport. Uh, mascot histories you know I, I was I started getting into a lot more than just uh, the sport in general I, I was mainly more uh, interested in the mascot logos and whatnot and from there I just wasn't really looking into any uh, 
angle to get into mascot creation. I just loved it so much, but I didn't know what to do with that, you know? So, um, one day I was back then when it was, there was no computers in, in my life yet. I was drawing a lot and I did a graphic, uh, logo for our, one of our softball teams called the crazy 12 pack in high school. This is a little bit the after crazy high school. Pack? Crazy 12 pack. That was our softball league. And this team. was what? Oh, just like a adult yeah, league? Yeah, it was just, just a beer league type it of It wasn't a friends. high school team. No, no, no. No, it wasn't. And and our our logo was the infamous friar swinging a a um, kawama, which is a, a uh, 40-ounce beer. You know, oh, 40 a, ounce. 40-ounce. Nice. Yeah, so that was my logo. What kind of 40-ounce? Uh, I think is back that a then brand? it was Mickey's. Oh, it's a Mickey's. Yeah, it was a Mickey's. Not a King Cobra. No, it was not a, I, I was not a King Cobra person. I was no. more of a Mickey's. No. Straight malt liquor. In La Jolla, we do Old E. That's how we roll. Well, yeah, Old E was Actually, there, too. we just drink anything. But Mickey's was cheaper back then. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I, I took this drawing of our softball uh, uh, team, and I went into a silk screener, a uh, local shop down the street called uh, RC Silk Screening. And my friend Ramon, who's the guy that basically got me into graphic design, he saw my drawing. He says, yeah, we can definitely put on a shirt, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, he's like, hey, you want to you ever play around with a computer? And I'm like, oh. Not really. And he gave me this uh, access to his computer, which is back in the day was like an old Apple Lisa, which is like a big square box. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like no, trail type. It was it was just a very generic looking uh, uh, Apple computer. But it had like this software that was you can play around with type. And and that's when I basically was. A, that's the first time I actually was exposed to it. It was an of, Apple computer. It was an Apple that's computer. Interesting. Yeah, I know. This is interesting. Right. And that was the first time I actually sat down and started. So no computers in your type. high school. There was no, there was computers, but they weren't focused around. You're like, you're design. old, right? 1972. 1972 yeah. is when you so were born. So I was born. hoping this would be the 72nd, <laughs> 72nd episode. No, this yeah, is 71st, 71st episode, which is fine. I'll, I'll take it. No, it's 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 interesting because it's interesting how people fall into their craft. Yeah, I think um, you know, for me, I'm a Y2K baby, is what I like to say, a fringe millennial. I was graduated in the year 2000 so you know the way that we all view the world old now don't you around you i mean there's things that i say to Corey and brian that they're like i don't have a clue what you're talking about i i I, you were you were wait a minute you graduated in 2000 class of 2000 that was the end of the world we're supposed to that's right was it was it the y2k bug was coming i I graduated in 91 so so that's there you go i think was it electricity still back then i don't don't know. know well that's interesting so apple computer Apple computer, I, I, he basically just said, Hey man, you know, you, you have a skill, you should take on graphic design. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, cool. Thanks man. Whatever. So none of your teachers told you this. No, no, there was, that's the thing. This is just back in, I want to say before, um, I want to say it's 95, 96 around mm-hmm. that time. Um, and there wasn't really a big push on graphic design yet. It was sort of like, still kind of like starting. It was, it was a new industry, fairly new industry. But there was designers back then, but everything was more the old-fashioned way, which is rubulent cutout boards. You know, uh, topography was typed, and then you place it on certain for composition and stuff and whatnot. So it wasn't computers was not the tool that people were doing, you know, using. So anyway, so so my friend Ramon's like, bro, you have to check this school. It's called Platt College. It's it's it catered to graphic designers, and I think nothing of it. I was just like, well, whatever, it's cool, you know. And when I came back to pick up the shirts, he asked me again, I go, here, sit down and play around with this, with this uh, computer software. I think it's called Typesetter. Um, and I, I, it was just a, a tool for me to play around with type, you know, arches and arcs and whatnot. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And you mixed that with my love of mascots back then. And I says, you know, there's something here. Were you working at the time? 
I was a busboy back then. Oh, really? I was You're a in restaurant I, industry. I, 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 was, I love it. I, I, I didn't know grew that. Up, See, that's I why we podcast. Up, no, I learned stuff. I, I worked at the People butcher shop. You did? Oh, the butcher shop. Yeah, in Chula Vista. Is that for, still in business? No, it, it actually burned down. Were you a good busboy? Uh, I was actually, I was all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I was a bus. My first job was at Emma's Pancake House. Okay. So I was a busboy there. There you go. And then from there, I went, I graduated to the butcher shop and butcher shop was like, you know, you got to butcher shop like, wasn't a butcher shop. It was no, no, a it was, it was just a restaurant. It's it. a restaurant on Chula Vista. And I, I was, I was there, but, um, when I got exposed to this graphic design world, I went to check out Platt college and I went in and I applied for a grant. I didn't know that I, I, I qualified for a grant and gave me like, I don't even know how much it was back then, but the class itself was like 15 K. Right. Really? Yes. It's it, that's how cheap it was. Yes, dude. It's, I was like, wow. So, um, thankfully, the government paid for half. There you go. Through a grant. And I says, you know, I'm going to go How did you find out it. about the grant? The, the school actually offered me a, a, so they an application. They told good. me about it, which is awesome. That's one thing I'm, I might tell you guys right now. There's grants out there for possibly every single situation you have out there. As far Absolutely. As, if you want to learn anything and, and the government's not, well, I won't say anything about that, the government yet, but it's pretty cool. It was it was a, an opportunity for me to opportunity for me to actually learn so i I took it and i took a two-year uh junior college course in graphic design introduction to web did a little video editing but it was just it wasn't i'll be honest that the two-year junior college course i took was was scratching the surface it was just introduction yeah um they showed you the the history of graphic design first and from there they show you a little bit of desktop publishing but mainly was was learning the software which Mm -hmm. is photoshop adobe illustrator uh, back then it was Cork Press, which is a, you know, magazine layout type of uh, uh, software. So um, this was back in 99, graduated in 2000. And that's pretty much it, man. It was like that's from from just being exposed to doing our logo for our, our local beer league. Mm-hmm. It went from meeting my friend Ramon, who basically kept telling me, like, you should just check out the school because he went. Yeah. There. Okay. And that's pretty much what started this whole graphic design. So uh, tell me about how you launched your own brands and because you were working along along the way. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. you're I mean, one of the things I admire about you is you have always done the side hustle. So it's never been something where I mean, you're always pushing the envelope. You're always trying to make yourself better. You're always trying to come up with new designs, new gear, um, trying to position yourself and always learning. I mean, that's one of the things Derek oh. and I love about the podcast platform is it forces us to continue to learn stuff. You know, we learn about hospitality. We learn about barbecue, learn about events, learn about graphic design, learn about, you know, we have Scott Heath from president of Fox five, how you run a TV channel. You know, how do you, how does Scott Kaplan embrace the digital age? You know, what is Jim Trotter doing at NFL network? That's one of the you know coolest things is access. You know, we're access. talking about access to information. Anybody that has the internet can listen to this podcast. Yep. You know, or any podcast. Yeah. You know, you just much. Google it. You ask Siri. You ask Alexa. I mean, you can get that information. You just have to be willing to willing to work. Yep. I can tell you something in behind this whole podcasting thing was um, I I drive to Poway every day from work for work Chula Vista to Poway, which is about a forty five minute drive every morning, mm-hmm. and I I've started to I usually have time to kill, so I usually make phone calls. You know who I got to call clients or whatnot. But lately I've been doing a lot of podcast listening mm-hmm. and you know, that's where I listen to some of the behind the smoke podcasts, but I started to get more into graphic design, user interface, user experience type of deal, which is another thing I want to discuss the, the industry itself in graphic design has, has taken a, a, a huge demand for graphic user interface and web uh, uh, 
user interface and user experience designers. Huge. Huge demand. Right Unbelievable. Now. There's not enough UX, UI, UX guys. And for mobile, too. Mobile well, specifically. It, well, it's it's not, you know, user interface and user experience is for everything you, you, you can think of as far as But product. designing for desktop doesn't make sense. Designing for desktop? Well, yeah. That's if a, you're looking at a long-term view, you've got to look. At mobile, well, you, your you, mobile you just experience. have to you have to take in consideration of all different devices when mm -hmm. you design something. Correct, you know, like a web or app. You got to account for all the optimized dimensions that you can uh, think of. You know, so but but um, listening uh, to the podcast, listen to the podcast opens up, oh, yeah. opens up ideas. Yep, yep, and and obviously you know about the uh, our flight club slash uh, happy hour podcast. That's which basically which what, helped us launch behind. Yeah, the Yeah, I remember that. You you gave us credit for that, which I I, I I'll always I, give. I, we, I, Corey and I and Derek, we will always give you guys. I mean, you designed the logo. You guys just went for it, man. You guys took took what we. I remember the. I wasn't even in the podcast when we interviewed you. Yeah. For a happy hour, I was in the Philippines. You were. I, I called you Philippines. out. Yeah, I, I couldn't I called make you out it. for being lazy. And then all of a sudden, working. this guy's over here <laughs> asking Marco, "Hey, Marco, where can I get this? And how do I get that?" So next thing you know, you meet with Marco, and yep. And now 71 podcasts, 71 episodes, episodes unbelievable in what a year or so. Uh, yeah, we've been podcasting for over a year now. What do you do one every day or something? Uh, one a week. We publish one a week. We've wow. only taken one bye week and take notes, and Marco. We need to we need to like, I don't know. I don't know if it's the coffee he's drinking. I don't know what it is, but well, it's I mean, part of the thing is, you know, exactly what we're talking about is podcasting makes you inherently curious. So when you find somebody that you connect to or a topic you connect to. It forces you to want to learn. And that's one of the things my grandfather always taught me was he was a medical doctor, but he never stopped learning. You know, I remember, you know, when I was even when I was older in high school, you know, going places with him and he would always take pamphlets from let's say we were on a trip. He would go to the tourism place and he would take every book there. And I'm like, why, why, why are you wasting time on that? You know, they're just selling you stuff. He's like, oh. there might be something in here that's worth learning about. And if we would go on a tour, he was the first person next to the tour guide asking all the questions. And I was when I was a kid, I was embarrassed. I was like, you know, let the tour guide just talk. Yeah. But he always had a question to ask because he wanted to learn more. The podcast has forced Derek and myself and our team to try to bring on guests that people want to listen to, that they can learn from. And yeah. we have all different. We have people that own butcher shops that listen. We have restaurateurs. We have people that love to grill. They want to open their own business someday. They want to do events. Um, and for us to bring someone like yourself to talk about branding, to talk about logo design, to talk about type, to talk about all these things that are so vital to 2018 yep. and what you're trying to do to position yourself as a business brand, as a barbecue brand, whatever you're trying to do, how do you approach step one? As far as identifying a brand? Yeah, or? As, far, as far as well, well, the name. Yeah. Let, let's go... Let's go. Somebody wants to start a business or they want to start a barbecue team. Yeah. What's your advice to how do you come up with a name? Well, you know, what's funny is that most of the time that I meet a potential new client, they already have a name. That's makes sense. Right. That, that that's that's what happened when I met some of your guys over at the. Uh, well, I didn't tell you to come up with behind the smoke. Well, yeah, I told I, you this is the name. Exactly. See, so I'm going to take your 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 logo as an example. You said, George, I have a logo that and I want the behind to the smoke took. Derek and myself and go. Corey and yep. uh, I mean Eric was involved. I mean we had as many people. We put up as many ideas. Yep. Had a hey, what is it going to be? It's a barbecue podcast, but not every episode are we talking about barbecue. I mean we're not just talking about you yep. know cooking meats and cooking brisket. And we want to talk about the business. We want to talk about the shit that people don't talk. Like I went to business school at Boulder at CU, and I 
stopped taking business classes. I, I became a sociology major because the stuff they were talking about wasn't sexy. It didn't <laughs> it was, fucking interest me. It wasn't me. attracting enough. No, yeah. it wasn't. So, so to answer your question, a lot of uh, the majority of my clients, they already have a name or they have an, an idea what their name is going to be. What they don't have sometimes is a slogan or a, a, tagline. Tax, a tagline. And that's one thing I've always encouraged customers. Like you might want to just maybe add a secondary tagline or slogan to maybe fully identify what you do. You know, um, the, the some of the famous taglines that you see is when, you know, especially with clothing, that's one thing I, my background is I started basically doing a lot of fashion design. T-shirt graphics was like one of my mm -hmm. first uh, uh, items that I started doing in my earliest part of my career. And a lot of them have, you know, the infamous uh, tagline of wear or clothing or whatnot. But once you, like in, the, in your case, behind the smoke, and then you put barbecue war stories podcast. That yeah. is, in a sense, that's your tagline, right? So, so sometimes customers come in and says, George, I have a, a, a name for a company I want to start. It's called this. But it doesn't really identify what they do. Yeah. So that's the first thing I said. Well, do you want to add a tagline? Do you have something in mind? And if they don't, then that's where I start to dig deep. Okay, what is exactly is what you want to do? What do you want to communicate to your customer? By someone looking at your logo, or in this case, your brand, you need to communicate what your industry is what is exactly you're trying to what service what product what pr product do you sell or what service do you want to uh, uh basically push right so the first thing i do is i i basically try to get into their mind like okay what do you do what's what's the actual uh end goal for your service or in this case your, your brand you know if it's a service okay what do you want to do what makes you different than others once i do that then i start to give try to identify keywords keywords that can by a certain keyword if i add that to their brand as a symbol or some or color or 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 graphic then it's easy identifiable to what they do sure well it's i mean if it's you take it if you take it a step if you take it a step further it's a it's an seo term pretty much a search engine optimization yep. term it's a tag that's going to go that's going to help Google, yep. help Alexa, help all these search engines find you for what you're doing. That, that's Cali Comfort is a perfect example. Cali Comfort doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's literally, we were California Comfort restaurant and sports bar when we opened, 2008. And once I started getting into marketing and started reading more stuff and, you know, asking questions, started trying to go and get on the radio, having a radio host go California Comfort sports bar, California Comfort restaurant. I mean, it's way too it's fucking too long. long. Yeah. So we chopped it. You know, yeah. we're Cali Comfort. And that's that's what that's exactly what a brand is. But you, once you, we you, became barbecue, Cali Comfort doesn't mean anything to anybody. I mean, it could, we could be selling mattresses. Yeah. So, you know, making sure that Cali Comfort BBQ, once we be, barbecue became the heart of our business, making sure that that became part of our logo and part of our branding yep. was important. And I think, you know, part of the old school mentality is you have to have an, a, a consistent brand, right? A consistent oh, yeah. image. But I think one of the things that I respect about you is you also respect that things have to evolve you know us as a business we've changed from the breakfast restaurant that we opened it was a country breakfast restaurant you know we've and then we added the sports bar and we became a barbecue restaurant then we became a place that stood for our community that anchored in that started doing barbecue festivals so we've changed and our logos changed and our you know some people have criticized me you know basically for saying why are you changing your name why are you doing those things it's like well we did it because i want to feel great about it if I don't, if yeah. I don't want to wear the gear, then why the fuck are we trying to sell it? We can curse. Oh yeah, it's oh, behind the smoke. Fuck. 
Yeah. All right. You've been holding back the whole time. I've been holding back. Man. Well, oh, let's uh. let it let it go, man. Jeez. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, back to what you're saying. So I'm gonna take your behind the smoke. Yeah. Logo. That if you see it, if you guys can see it on on YouTube, on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube if you listen to the podcast. But we're starting to publish also on YouTube. Um, however you consume it, we appreciate it. So so behind the smoke was a unique brand that that I came up that we came up with. Um, as far as it, the, the name itself is pretty long. Very long. So, so I had to come up with a way to make it more of a logo type. Logo type and logo marks are two different things. Logo type is utilizing a, a set of fonts to identify your your brand, where there is no specific marks or any kind of symbols. It's just the name itself. Okay, but as you can see on your on your on the word smoke, there is a podcasting logo in there. Yes. You know, and and instead of the logo. The podcasting logo being some sort of uh, uh, look out like a sound wave. There's or a small little sound flame wave in or there. a microphone. Yeah. I mean, that so, was the design element yeah. that you. So it's you... it's supposed to be a microphone slash flame, whatever you yep. want to call it. But that's that's the key ingredient to make it more of a attachment to your brand, which is behind this smoke. Which is compliments barbecue. to you. The design is so good that we've actually have another behind the smoke <laughs> YouTube page that has taken essentially your design and copied it oh i saw that yeah which is not the first time it's not the first it's not time. the first time there's there's always plagiarism well that, there. that's it's... part of the game i mean you know it's one of those things it's like well are you upset about them i don't give a shit <laughs> like are they going to podcast more than we are you know yeah. it's like at, at the end of the day business adapts i mean we didn't invent barbecue no. like gene taught us barbecue someone taught him barbecue and you know part of those things the best ideas you use them and implement them but no one should be scared that it's you know proprietary information that's true. That's true. But at the same time, when you design it, you create it, and someone takes it and yep. takes credit for it. That's it's bum. It's a bumming uh, situation, or it, it's a it's a bumming situation, or it's credit. It's credit to your uh, craft. Yeah, I I, 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 credit I can your tell craft. you I can tell you a few designs, teacher designs that were uh, stolen, or they I'd were. I love to hear it. Well, there there's actually um, a quite a few of them. There's maybe three or four. Where the, the guy just totally just took my loyal and dedicated designs along with the yep. one that says loyal and dedicated. Um, this is a few years back. He basically just, what's funny about this guy, I don't even know the guy, the guy's from LA. He tagged me on it. Really? I, I don't know why he tagged me. And I thought it was okay to do that. Maybe by tagging me, it's given him the rights to do it. But I basically had to put him on blast and I told him to take it down. And he, yeah. he did, respectfully. He was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Maybe we can work together. I says, you know what? It's cool, man. I appreciate it. You taking it down. We're good. Let's just keep it that. So we were good. But there was a couple of guys that uh, took one of my designs and, and ran with it. It's not the first time he's done it to, to someone like myself. He's done mm -hmm. it to other local brands. I forgot the names, the guy's name. I don't even want to say his name. Say his might, name. I, I don't remember. That's the thing. Oh, well, that's even better. I'll, I'll find out. But um, he, uh, this person has done it before. And, you know, it, it's it's supposed to be flattering when someone takes your design because that means you made it in, in some sort of design world. But... It still sucks. Well, I mean, it's know? it sucks to some degree, but ultimately, that's if you worry about the short term. If you're yeah, worried about yeah. the long term, you care about your craft. And at the end of the day, if you keep working on your craft, you're going to outlast somebody that's knocking shit off because that's you're true. you're getting better. You're developing as the technology evolves. You're working with clients. You're, I mean, there's so many things that are happening in 2018 that when you're talking about logo, when you're talking about the name of a company or a rebrand. I mean, you have to talk about what's their social handle. Is the social handle consistent that's, on Instagram? That, and, that, and that's the you innovation know? part. So dealing with customer customers or clients that lately, it's been more of a, you know, I, I have packages that I do. I have retainers that I uh -huh. work with clients and whatnot. And sometimes I'll get a client that, you know, it, it's not, 
the, the person has no idea what they're getting into. Yeah. And they'll, they'll say, I just want a logo. And I'm like, are you sure you just want a logo? Do you, do you want maybe an email signature? Do you want a social media template? Do you want possibly even some sort of uh, avatars that you it's like i'm trying to get them ready for for social media they have to be ready. they have to be and because they're not all those platforms yeah. require different dimensions for yep. your whatever yep. you're doing i i actually have a a i call it a social media startup mm-hmm. package that's it's it's basically it, it has to do with their branding or avatar or their their um uh, what do you call it their uh, uh social media templates i call yeah. them right where the graphic, their their logo is, is. You've done it for us. It's a, yeah, it's it's like yeah. basically like a template. You give us a Facebook, Facebook profile, cover profile. profile. I mean, there's so many things that you have to start up with. Twitter. I mean, every single yeah. one of them, those dimensions are different. And, and that's one thing I wanted to talk about is the difference between logo and brand identification or branding. Logo is just, hey man, can you do me a quick logo? Uh, a quick logo. Don't well, you love a say, quick? I, they always say that. <laughs> I love it. I want it cheap. Hey, I want it just, quick. Can you? Just but this give is going to represent quick... everything that I want in my business. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, quick. It's not quick. It shouldn't I mean, be quick. You know, you'll get customers that don't have the budget, or they're like, "You, yeah, I just want something quick." Okay, I'll give them something quick. Like sometimes it could be just some sort of, um, you know, actual service. You know, local, uh, you know, family-run business, and they don't want to spend too much time. And I'm like, okay. Respectfully, I give them a nice logo. They love it. They run off with it. We're good, right? But then sometimes I'll get customers that don't know really that they need more than just their logo. You need a brand, which now we're talking about brand standards. We're talking about colors. We're talking about the whole package, right? And those are the customers that I love to grow with because they're a startup, but they also have a better vision than the guy that just wants a logo really quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, actually you're one of them. I mean, I, I can honestly say all the stuff that I've done for you, whether it's behind the smoke, uh, some of the shirts I did for Cali Comfort, I mean, we did like a we series. We did so many shirts. I mean, we uh, did, I mean that, you know, one of the coolest things we've had Matt Savant on this podcast, we've had Ari Siegel on the podcast, but the San Diego Gulls as a sports that's right. team, yep. you know, yep. you and I, we love sports so much, but we also love the business of sports and the branding of sports and how does it make a fan feel, you know, because so many, so many sports teams do it wrong. You know, they, they do it wrong and they don't understand that the gear that a fan represents, like those are brand ambassadors that like, you know, the NFL, like the way that those, you know, fans are so passionate about what they do. They're out there selling the team, selling their fandom. That's actually a, a good point to start. Why have we created bowl complex? Bowl Complex was created because there was a huge void on cool, swaggy, like shit that I like to wear. Yeah. I'm a huge Charger fan. I'm still am a Charger fan, by the way. Right? Everyone knows that. Coming the last last one standing over yeah. there. Yeah. So But if if anyone is in LA ever, um, at Carson, uh, come by and say what's up because we'll be at the tailgates yep, yep. all season long. So so Bowl Complex was started because actually it was it used to call Bolt Exchange. Bolt Exchange. Yeah, that was my that was the first time I, I introduced Bolt Exchange. And what the was reason, the Bolt Exchange? I you know I, I don't I don't remember. You don't remember? I, I don't remember. You just wanted it quick. You just wanted I, it quick. It, it was. <laughs> I, I'll tell you the story behind Bolt Complex. I, there was no name. There was no Bolt Exchange. There was no Bolt Complex. It, it was it was more. I did a few shirts for uh, when the Raiders came down to play the Tampa Bay Bucks for uh-huh. Super Bowl. I don't even know which one. The one in San Diego. Yeah, it was. I was actually the one in San Diego. I was in studying in Spain in Alicante, so it was two thousand and two. Two yeah, two thousand two. Probably. Uh, I was already fresh. You know, I was a year out of college. You know, I was in. I already had a computer. I had a G three back in the day. Mm-hmm. One of those old uh, aqua looking things, right? And I did a T shirt called Raiders Suck. 
It just said Raiders suck on it because I wanted to give it to my friends where we had a huge Super Bowl party. And one of my good friends, Willie, ended up giving uh, LT a, a shirt on one of this Thanksgiving giveaway turkey. Those, you know, he gives away turkeys for Thanksgiving. And my friend Willie ended up giving one, giving one to LT. And LT just grabbed it and put it on his shoulder and went on his way, right? That was 2003, 2004 uh, when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what year. I think it was 2002 when he came in. Um, fast forward to a fan fest. Chilo, I mean, San Diego's fan fest. Chargers fan fest. At Qualcomm. Qualcomm Stadium. I'm in there in the stands. Everyone's, you know, getting ready for the season. And lo and behold, on the big jumbos, jumbotron, big screen, LT's wearing the shirt. No way. Yeah. Raiders but, suck. But, but he had his arms crossed. So it looked like it says Raiders on it. It was a black shirt. Uh-huh. And it says Raiders. And at the bottom it says suck. So he's wearing a shirt. And everyone's like, what? Why is freaking our guy wearing a Raiders shirt? And, and and my friend Javier, who I was with at the time, he's like, hey, you know, Javier, Javier. Yeah, of course, Javier, he Javier. came to Canton with yep, us. Yep, Canton. Yeah. Canton. Canton. And we looked up, we're like, wow, dude, this guy's wearing my shirt. And then as soon as he put his uh, elbows down or his arms down, that the whole stadium just started like, oh, like, like, they were all happy. That was like, your this aha. Guy, that was your that aha was the, moment. That is my unofficial start. Uh, that was my official starting point to making an actual business. Yeah. I says. There's something here with T-shirts. You were already with, working full time. I was. Well, so, actually, no. I oh, was, you were I was actually. Man, I was going job to job. I was driving around, uh, delivering parts. I couldn't find a graphic design job, man. Really? Yeah. It was. It was crazy. It was crazy. But I, you saw. L- I didn't even know this story. That's well, unbelievable. It, it's. It's actually part of. Um, uh, of the history of how ball complex started. It was, really? it was very complex. It's right? very complex. Very complex. It still is. It's actually so, more so complex. So LT is wearing a shirt. Everyone's happy about it. I. I, I was. At the time, this is 2004, uh-huh. 2005. I started that right before I started working for Osiris, the shoe brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing odd jobs here and there, and, and I finally got a job uh, with Osiris, which is a skateboarding brand locally here in San Diego back then. And um, I decided to open up an eBay store really? with that shirt, just that shirt only, because everyone kept asking. I was used to be on message boards, and I, I just typed in LT Raider Suck, and everyone started to. Yeah. inquire about it like where can i find that shirt where can i find a shirt so I, said, I need to jump on this really quick so i went online and i says i need to how what is the fastest way to actually uh um bring customers to this possible sure. uh t-shirt and uh i went on on ebay back in the day ebay was the only thing you can Absolutely. do you can just open up ebay i open up a paypal account and i started selling shirts like crazy really i was working already for osiris and i told my boss look um, back then it was Tony and says, Tony, I'm selling these shirts. I need, I need access, not access, but I need to somehow give these shirts, um, have people pick them up at my, at lunch. Is that okay? And he goes, that's fine. As long as you, you know, you don't You're interfere with your shirts. At I was lunch? literally at lunch. <laughs> so I will go outside our warehouse I love it. and there was a line. No way. A line, just people oh, wearing to pick up their it. shirts. I wish we had a photo of that. No, I wish I had a photo too. So that that was the first time ever I I've been exposed to so a, then when a retail did, business. Did you go to the drawing board and say I need a, a name, I need a, an identity? You know what's funny is it's it's a blurry man because it was it happened so quickly that um, I don't even know how I came up with Bolt Exchange, but it had to do something with Bolt, obviously, yeah. right? And uh, I went from Bolt Exchange to people were kind of making fun of it. Friends would be like, "Dude, Bolt Sex Exchange, Bolt this." I'm like, "Okay, I need to change this shit, man. This ain't working." So I, they, back then, I was doing eBay sales, and then I would go to the actual games, and I was I was slanging t-shirts off my trunk. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how you were the guy. I, mean, I was the guy. I was going in illegally. It was yeah, it was it was actually section no D no it was D three, original spot. You were close to H three. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty close to the actual street, Friars Road, next to the big sign. Yep. And I, I used to just everyone I, I <laughs> This I was back up. in the day when they would sell tickets on Friars Road. Yeah, remember right? that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, Before... I would just pull up and people would just knew who I was and I'll just start slanging t-shirts. Wow. And, and it was nothing more than just Raider Sucks shirts. Maybe I started to kind of like explore different ideas. But it, back then it was just more for fun. Yeah. It's always been for fun. And and my dad always says, if you love what you're doing and, and, and you're making money off of it, hey, great. It's, mm-hmm. it's considered a hobby. Once he starts making money, it's not a hobby anymore. It's a business. That's when the bug the bug hits. It's a yep. it's a virus and it a, yep. infects your body yep. and it consumes all everything you do every day. You're thinking and you're yep. trying to drive. How can I make it better? Yep. How can I improve? Yep. You know. And I think that's one of the things that you know for Derek and I when we put on these barbecue events, what we love the most is seeing, you know, other barbecue teams, other barbecue restaurants, other dessert companies, like seeing the village making the village. The sh- making each other better because yep. you go and you see someone else's booth and you're like, Oh man, they got a cool, you know, that like they have a great easy up. Our easy up looks like shit. Like I need to, we need to step our game up. So then the next whole year they're figuring out how do I hustle to get some money so that I can get a better sexy easy up yep. because I want, I want it. This is who we are and this is what I want to stand out. Well, now I need a hat. Like, well now I need, we need shirts, you know, for the team. Like we got to represent who we are. Now you start selling those shirts that becomes your company that becomes i mean nothing it for derek when people are wearing valley farm stuff it means it, it's family i mean that's 62 yeah. years of business and it's him taking that family business into the next generation when when we go out to a different part of the county and someone has a cat like i'll wear a cali comfort shirt and i'll go to a costco up in north county and someone's like oh cali comfort you know that place I'm like uh, yeah i know I'm, I'm aware of it like i love that place yeah, the, the nothing, owner is nothing a, feels better. The owner's a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's a piece of shit. <laughs> no, that's that, it, it's so but that true. goes to the that's branding. Yep. You know, the that's, brand, the brand is how it does it make you feel. You know, you, how you, does you, that you, logo make you feel? We, we talked about this uh, a few days ago, but when we did our pre, uh, Andre Agassi. Andre Agassi. He said, "Image is everything." Yep, and it's not just personal introduction. You know, uh, first impressions. Um, it's not just you know between human to human or person to person. This is your brand or your business has to basically have a cohesive look throughout every single freaking platform you're going to introduce the public to whether it's social media whether it's business cards it's almost like uh you're basically you're 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 unidentifiable if you don't have an actual identity yes and and um a lot of you know i see a lot of people spending when they're starting their business, they spend a lot of time on, on business plans and doing this and financials and all that. And that's obviously very important. But one of the things I learned working with Marco, the, the story behind Marco and myself, I've known Marco since, I don't even know, 10 years, 13 years ago. And I worked for him. He was actually my boss at this place called Anacom Media, which is a uh, marketing and design agency. Mm-hmm. And he was he was one of the partners. And, and Marco basically introduced me to basically a uh, uh, brand identification more than just a logo it's it's your 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 company history your your mission your why uh, it, exactly it's basically your dna you're creating your it's dna your, it's it's you communicating to the world that aha moment that you had when yep. lt was wearing your shirt yeah yep because you want that for the people that are buying that yep. that's why the people are lining up at lunch because they're leaving i mean they're leaving their fucking work to get to you 
I mean, that's no. that's how much they wanted that shirt. And 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 I'll be and honest, feed off they, of that. They, I sold a lot of shirts, but there was no branding. I didn't have Bolt Complex no. or Bolt Exchange. I didn't have it yet. I just, that was the I was just, that was just like, okay, here's here's a demand. Mm-hmm. Here is, I went to my Ramon, the, the guy yep. that got me into graphic design. I says, Ramon, I got this shirt. It's selling like crazy. I need to sell more. And I, you know, I did a few batches here and there. And uh, it, it was, it was, I always, I've never talked to LT. I never had the chance to tell, thank mm-hmm. him. But I've always, everyone knows that, that follows the whole Bolt Complex uh, uh, history, knows what happened with LT basically he in a sense basically started it for me you know by wearing that shirt you know i I don't think if he would have worn that shirt i I don't think i've ever been i would be where i'm at i mean as far as creating bowl complex you know bowl complex has been around since 2000 shoot 2003 2004 it's been around for a while and and i'll be honest i i try to make it as an actual business where i i I, depending on sales Mm -hmm. to feed my family have a wife with two kids it was hard it's hard. It was hard. I, I, retail I, businesses. It's, re, it's retail brutal. business in general has changed because of the because of because of the WalMarts and Amazons. Yeah, you know, retail is is not the same what it used to be. Um, so anyway, so so back to the LT days when I was slanging these shirts off through the back of my old work, Osiris. I ended up doing eBay. It was cool. I was getting sales, but I was still doing freelance. I was still doing branding. I, was, I wasn't doing whole packages yet. It was just, you know, logos here and there. And then I started doing more web design mm-hmm. and, and art direction for web design. And that's one thing. Back in early 2000s, there, there was no Squarespace. There was no Big Cartel, which these are just templates that are made for you to just go in, create a website, pay you the monthly pay, series. You had to pay $10,000, $25,000 to get a website It was ridiculous expensive Absolutely. to do it. Uh, and, it and it, it's it was, unbelievably cheap now. Now, anyone, cheap. if you wanted to get a website, you can get one. You, you can, can get make 10 it minutes, yourself in 10, 10 minutes. 100%. Get a domain through through them as well. Squarespace, Big Cartel, there's so many of them. So make sure you have your logo first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, actually, if, if you find a unique domain name yeah. that's part of your business, grab it as, as, as registered as soon as possible. Sure. That's the first thing I could tell you. Uh, and then GoDaddy, or I use one in one dot net, which is a not in one dot com. That's a porn site. <laughs> one in one dot net is a a, a uh, basically the same thing as GoDaddy. Perfect. Anyways, so that that's basically what started this whole bowl complex, you know. And and I did a few brand, brands here and there. I got uh, loyal and dedicated. I did that. My my very first t shirt line. I, I don't know how we started about fashion here, but my very first t-shirt line was called Demographica. Mm-hmm. And I did a trade show in, in, in Vegas. This is back uh, in, in, I was basically working, doing bowl complex, doing t-shirts on the side locally. And then I started doing Demographica, which is more like a, my slogan was, um, um, God, I remember I'm so, so bad with when it, when it comes to my slogans back in the day, uh, something in regards to human data. It was demographic. It just means, you know, character, okay, characteristics of human data. Mm-hmm. That's what, that was my slogan. And demographica was the first line I ever created a full line. I had a whole t-shirt line. I had a website. I went to a, two trade shows, one in Vegas, one in San Diego. And I sold actually shirts in Japan. No one here in the United States bought any of my shirts. Really? Yeah. It, it, it was interesting. I was wow. like, okay, cool. You know, but, um, this is back in around 2000, uh, 2000, I want to say a little bit, uh, 2003, 2004, the same time I was slanging all these shirts. And uh, I was already, you know, I, I was actually in the pro, I was already married, actually. I got married in 2001. Um, and I realized that I'm just wasting my time. I can't, I, this is not going to pay my bills. Yeah. 
So uh, you know, I was going back and forth on on should I go back to school? Should I? Because I my, my junior college was a was it's it, 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 exactly what it was. It's a junior college. You just barely touch the surface, right? Yeah. So I says, you know what? I started to realize that you can basically learn any skill online. It's unbelievable. It, it's it's back then it's there was mind, no Skillshare. It's blowing. It's it's you you don't have to go. To, the, the people that I was working with, El Cyrus, my friend Persuade, and my friend Tom. McKinney and the guys that got me into the industry, none of them back to, at the time went to actual school. I think yeah. Dave's the only one. But being a graphic designer, a lot of it is skill that you already inherited through your creative mindset, right? Yeah. Your, your creative inheritance or whatever you want to call it. All you got to know is how to use the software. So you can actually just go online. Back in the day, you could just go online, download a pirate uh, version of, sure. a, of Photoshop and Illustrator, and you can learn from it. I mean, just, it's, it's even beyond that. There's people that are creating businesses to teach other graphic designers by creating a podcast, by uh, creating yep. a YouTube video, yep. because information is so accessible. If you have the Internet, I mean, my grandfather was born in a village in 1919 in Bulgaria, third world country, literally nothing in his village. He was supposed to be a farm boy. But because his grandfather taught him how to read, he started reading everything he could get his hands on. He literally read every book in the village. It's, he had to go to another village to get access to more books. Yeah. In that same village, which my wife and my son just went this summer. I saw that. That's pretty cool. Internet access. That person can get a Harvard education wow. for free. It's, it's that's unbelievable. The that's, so whatever that's... objection people have, like, oh, I don't know how to do it, or that's too complicated. Did you Google it? Dude, like, it, did you Google? You, did you, you watch can, the video? Did you yeah. listen? Like, because everybody learns differently. Some people learn by reading. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by listening. Some people do it all. Yeah. Yeah. So I, there's this quote or this <laughs> thing my, my boss, my current boss right now says is, the genius is in the inquiry. And he got this term from this uh, forum that we went to called the Landmark Forum, which is like a self-empowerment communication course that my boss pays for it. He says, you don't have to do it, but you can, I'll pay for it. It's, he wants to empower his employees. So he takes them to this three-day course. Sure. And one, that's one of the powerful messages they tell you is that the genius is in the inquiry, which basically means you could become a genius if you just ask questions. You're going to be good at something if you just keep asking questions. Learn from it. If you don't know, say you don't know and just ask a question. And that's what your, your grandfather did. Yeah. He asked questions. He read books. You it's, keep it's, asking questions. You keep, and you become good at it. I mean, you won't be a professor at it, but no. you become knowledgeable enough to say, okay, I can actually do this. But being curious and being inquisitive and always learning is something that will – the best leaders in the world tell you that they don't know anything. And oh, they continue of course. To you you learn. have to be an empty cup. Yeah. When, when you're an empty cup, you're basically saying, I can keep receiving information and knowledge. If you think you're a full cup, you basically you're just blocking everybody from telling you what to do and, and you think you know it all. Mm -hmm. It's those guys that don't in that don't become leaders or don't advance. They just oh actually I know everything. I'm 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 a full cup. I can't do anything with that. You know sure. what I'm saying? So I mean I think one of the things I mean I listen to Tim Ferris's podcast and Gary V and you know they always talk about the people that you surround yourself with. Yep. And then the friends, the people that are closest in your circle. If you sound, if you surround yourself with people that bitch and complain all the time, you're going to bitch what? and complain you're too. You're going to bitch and complain too, yeah. and that I mean, yeah. and that includes family too. You know, if you yeah. allow that negativity into your life, that's what you're you're going to what it, it. There's no chance that it doesn't spill over. But if yeah. you find positive people, or if you find people that are doing amazing things, even if it's not in your field, it will make you want to be better. You will that's want true. to stay curious. You yeah. will want to get involved. Yeah, I, I there there was this um. I, we talked about this today too. Uh, we say, we, I actually told, told you, um, 
hate is easy. Yep. But love takes courage. And I, I'm not even sure who it was that said mm-hmm. it. And I, 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 I put it out there because if you, like you said, if you are around negative people, and it could be, like I said, it could be family, it could be friends, it could be coworkers, then guess what? You're all going to be negative. You're going to be affected by the emotions around you. But if you, you hang around with the positive people or leaders or just you and you get empowered by their leadership. Absolutely. You know, and that's it's currently infectious. That's currently what I'm what I, I think I'm going through um, throughout the years. I've had many jobs. You know, I worked for Osiris for I was an art director for like eight years, seven, years, seven and a half years, almost eight years. And from there, I went up to work with one of my friends, uh, O.G. Abel, which is a he's a he's like almost like a West Coast. Um, he was basically almost like he took what you normally see on West Coast gang type of clothing. And then he he basically made it where it's 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 um, it was crossing boundaries. Anyone appreciated his art. It wasn't just the homeboys. You told me about him. Remember? A while back. Yeah. yeah. He, and he's still doing his thing. He's he's been in business for I don't even know ten years or whatnot. Maybe actually less than that. But I met him when I worked at Osiris. Mm-hmm. He was he he did one of our shoe designs, um, which sold a lot, and he became my client on the side. I was doing websites for him. And he offered me a job to, to work with him. And I was commuting to, to Chino, Chino yeah. Hills, or actually Pomona in a sense. It's a border between the, those two counties, the cities. And I learned a lot because he relied on me to do a lot more than just t-shirt graphics or, or not t-shirt you. graphics. I was doing, that's the first time I started to handle more than just uh, t-shirt graphics and, and catalogs. I do a lot of, I, that's one of the things I did the most work that I, at Osiris is I was doing a lot of catalogs. You've worked with Canelo. Canelo was is one that, of my is that clients. Cool to put him on blast. Yeah, can, no, I don't mind. I mean, Canelo, Canelo Alvarez, yeah. even though it's he's coming got, up, fight night's coming up. He's got actually you know, when, this, when this podcast drops, it'll be fight night at um, at Cali Comfort. Is that right? Triple G, too. Yeah, yeah. And now, so, 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 um, you know, I did a lot of these catalogs. And those people are finding you on the internet. Yep, they're finding you on the internet. They're hitting you up on DM, whether it's, it's on Facebook, it's, whether it's on Instagram, whether it's on Twitter. Like the, it's unbelievable. Once you find something, you can search by hashtag and you find a topic Hashtags. back to what we we're talking about. Like, what does your company, what does your brand, what does your business represent? OK, we're a barbecue business. So I have a you barbecue gotta, hashtag. Hashtag. I'm yep. searching a barbecue hashtag. Behind now the I smoke see, hashtag. hey, that's a fucking amazing photo. Who took that photo? Then uh, guess what? We're getting a photographer like Miranda, you know, building these network of people because you admire them because they, they care about their craft. They, yep. They care about their craft. That, that's and that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't know when creating a business is your your brand identification is very crucial it, yeah your 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 mission statement and all that and all but if you don't have a good identity it almost seems like your, your customers are not going to remember you they're just going to see like it's oh. corporate and it's old school and it's the old way of doing it and it's yeah. so personal i mean that's one of the things we talk about it's, business is personal you know business is personal barbecue is personal events are personal if you want to do something like there's too there's enough shitty stuff that people fucking hate some of their jobs they hate going to work and then guess what they're going to go and complain and bitch like guess they won't what be happy yep. do something that you love even if it's on the side you don't need to quit your job but do it on the side and that's going to take sacrifice and that's yep. some of the things that people don't want to do is sacrifice you know that time whatever you're doing with that time yep. you know people that come out to these barbecue events i mean you know as a tailgater and you know from five years of coming out to Spring Valley. I mean, one of the things that I've, I've always loved and respected about you is that you don't talk about supporting your clients. You go and support them. 
I asked you to come and set up a booth and sell Bolt Complex gear. And not only did you do that, but you created the Spring Valley Tailgate Barbecue Festival logo. I mean, you helped us promote it. You helped, you know, it was as if it was yours. Those well, are the I best mean, partnerships, you, you almost, right? You almost have to treat every client or every relationship when creating a, a design or, in this case, work for them as your own. Because if I don't like it... You're not going to work as hard I'm, for I'm it. not going to work as hard. I, I've had some some stories to tell you about where I, I, I despise their selection of the logo that I did for them. <laughs> Why and, did you and, give and, them that selection? Well, because that's, that's what they wanted. I learned. I learned that's what they that. wanted. I, I learned. So usually when I do mock-ups for a logo for a customer... You know, I do maybe four or five different versions really quick, right? And I so they don't do sketches. I used to do sketches. Now I just do like quick mock-ups, you know. And they're not, there's just, there's three stages I do. The first stage is basically like uh, almost like quick logo type mock-ups, like the layout. And then the second stage would be, okay, you select which one you like. And then I go a little bit further on that. Third stage is, it's more uh, detailed as far as color. I, I start to tweak some of the, 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 the tracking, some of the, 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 the kerning in between the letters and whatnot. And I, and I add a few things here and there. And that's basically the final stage. But what I've learned throughout the years is if you don't like what you're showing your customer, don't show it to your customer because they're going to pick probably the worst fucking design yeah. that you can think of. So, and, and back then it was more like, I'm just trying to show a variety. I could do a lot more variety. Yeah. I can show them a different you know logos. And I've learned. You've learned. I learned. I said, man, I, I almost like, I had this client that uh i keep bumping into this thing with my hat um they picked the ugliest one i, I don't want to put it in my in my portfolio it's just ugly it's, i won't even mention it because they're they're my customer yeah but I, i'm like i don't like it so i'm not even gonna put it you know so Crazy. i love how this came out by the way oh I behind mean, the smoke it's, it, the, the way i see behind the smoke is if i were to put that on a shirt i'll wear it yeah and that's how i see when it I, has this, to be that way it, i mean Der gotta, derek and i we talk about that all the time like we're not going to do something if I don't if I don't want to fucking wear it. Why am I printing it? Why am I wasting my time with it? It's got to be fucking. But it's got to be, be great. It's got to be. It's not just for t-shirt. I'm and just talking about. But that's a also sticker. quality. That's also quality. Yeah. You know, it goes to people. They oh, I want to print more, so I want to print more t-shirts at a cheaper cost. Well, the shirt's going to look like shit. You know, if I if I buy shirts for our servers as their uniform, and I buy a shitty shirt that doesn't last or is a bad color, oh. guess what? They're not going if they're not comfortable in it. If they're not comfortable in that shirt or they're not proud to wear that shirt, guess what? It's going to be a more awkward service yep, experience. That's true. Which is, you know, it's weird to think about, but it's true. I mean, think about when you pick out clothes, like I don't want to wear something that's not comfortable, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't. You, you My don't, wife's you, not going to let me walk out of the fucking house like that. I, I um, you know, back to when I do these uh, these designs, um, back to Bow Complex, I wanted to create something that I thought was missing when it came to corporate sports or yes. corporate franchises. Their designs were like very generic. Yes. San Diego Chargers. Whoop-de-doo. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, and, and I and I started to realize that there's a lot of people that wanted a little bit extra, a little more juicy, creative uh, designs. Not you any trademark for, infringement. I mean, you, you made not, it for the fanatics. That. You made it for the people that are actually fucking tailgating the season ticket holders the ones that cheer for the team no matter what well it, it, the h3 people the bolt pride people like yep, those yep. are the crews that no matter what like this is an identity this was part this is a lifestyle you know that's, that, that's it's a lifestyle that's exactly it's more of a lifestyle and and i think that's that it's something i've learned throughout the years is you know behind the smoke it's a podcast but you might have people that love the podcast so much but they're also fans of your t-shirts yeah the, or your hat 
they they can they can basically relate to it sure and that, that's how you got to look at it. every single business out there whether it's you're selling freaking organic fruits or whatever you're gonna you're creating a loyal following yeah by putting some serious effort or in this case some serious investment on your brand identity sure. and if you don't do that you're gonna have basic guys or customers are gonna be like oh yeah that's kind of cool and they won't have an attachment to it and it's yeah. the, it's the same on an interior business level when you talk about like invoices i mean how many people put out some shitty looking invoice yeah. or like they don't care about how their driver looks or they don't care about you know how their email signature looks everything matters it's yeah and that's everything the, communicates that's, what you care about as a person and as a image is everything images everything is everything I mean, it really just comes growing up to, as a tennis you know. fan my grandfather and grandmother they put me into tennis and i will never forget i will never forget andre agassi i will never forget that canon rebel commercial image is everything long yes. ponytail i mean he had earrings he was basically a fuck you to tennis fuck you tennis i'm i'm who i am except that was just a brilliant creative marketing campaign brilliant to this day three decades later people still talk about that i mean they probably teach that in classes and this is i think it was a nike commercial right uh no it was canon it was the Canon Rebel uh, camera. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 1989. That's, 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 yeah. I, I don't know why I thought it was a, a Nike. Because uh, Nike yeah. does stuff like that. Yeah, Nike's. All the best brands do. Yeah. They make you feel. Well, and, and that's that's another thing about image is everything is you try to build a cohesive look or identify your brand. It, that it looks so professional and so good that you they customers that are exposed to you for the first time they think you're a huge company you've been in yes, business for years absolutely I'll tell you an example um you know I've been I've been running all these you know little brands that I, I've been doing loyal and dedicated I've done you know uh, bold complex I've done uh, must be nice I did my first t-shirt ever that was demographica well one of the coolest things we did together was work with the gulls to do a collaboration. Comfort. Bolt Which complex. we're going to work on there today, I guess. Is that, yeah. is that, is that what I mean, for, I mean, the Gulls Colony. I mean, the Gulls yep. fans. I mean, the front office. Everyone's rocking that shirt. I mean, we sold out they, of that shirt like the first night. Yeah, was that, was, that was a, that was a, a pretty a professional awesome. sports organization to let us in, for Ari to let us in, for Matt Savant to let us in. That old school sports franchises didn't do that. Nope. New school understands that. I mean, the well, Seals, they're doing things that are exciting. Because they understand I, I, that it's about the fan. You can't I, take the fan for granted. I think their corporations, or, or in this case, franchises, are starting to starting to realize that you can only be corporate so much if you really want to go in deep and reach maximum exposure. Emotion. Emotion. You have to go down to the trenches. You yeah. have to basically grassroots. Just you got to be in the path. You know, you, you got to be in the tailgate lots. Exactly. Not in the corporate suites. No, no. You got to be in the man. fuckers that are there when the gates open. You got to. You got to be in the tailgates, man. You yeah. have to. Exactly. I know this. We're talking about sports. No, man, but, that's but that's the lifeblood. It's it the is, lifeblood it of the business because those are the regular customers. Yeah. I don't care if you're a, a, a shoe store. I don't care if you're a tailor. I don't care whatever your business is. It's the people that come every single day, or every once a week, or once a month, or at whatever special occasion. Those are the people that they continue to patronize your business and keep you in business. Yep. So what are you doing for them? How you, you make them feel a certain way, right? Oh That's yeah. That's why you keep going there. Yep. I mean, people we're creatures of habit, everything we do. I mean, we're literally create, we tailgate, you know, part of my second date with my wife was taking her to a, not just a charger game, but to a tailgate. 
I mean, I took oh. her to H3 and let her know. I mean, barely when she spoke any English, like, this is who I am. Like, and for her, it was, she never knew American football. She's from Bulgaria. No. It was like a fucking circus for her. She was just, like, what the fuck is going on here? What's going on here? What is People this? are drinking. People are partying. People like, what's happening? Yeah. But now it's something that, I mean, I was talking to her yesterday. We're, it's tough because we want to have Colleen go to H3 and to see Aaron and see Monica and see Die Hard Bolt Club and Bolt Complex and see Alvarez and see Johnny. And, you know, we can't do that anymore. So that doesn't mean that we're giving that up. No. But that's the nostalgia, right? Well, I, I still want to do an, an official H3. At official Cali H3 Comfort, at Cali Comfort. At Cali Comfort. Perfect. I'm talking to the that. whole sign and everything so we can still show your boy what it was like at H3. That's the true. village. Well, village it is people. the village. We are village people. Village people. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about was just your experience as somebody that went to Pro Football Ultimate Fan Association. You were there. I mean, that's one of the cool things about the internet. And we met literally on Instagram. I started yep. following your, admiring your work, your craft, and bought something for my business. But then because we did so much stuff together, we found that we have the same blood type. I mean, we did events. You started doing all kinds of different logos for us. Um, we started seeing each other. You started coming to H3, started setting up. I mean, the amount of stuff that we did just because we love to do it. I yep. mean, there was no, it wasn't for it was, monetary reasons. It was, it was we, we probably interest. paid money to hang out. Yeah, I think <laughs> Both of did. us. Yeah. yeah. yeah but it created opportunities. Yep. You know, and that's one of the things, you know, with the Save Our Bolts and the San Diego Love Letter Challenge. Oh, yeah. You know, those moments, those aha moments for us were no one was paying us to go and campaign to keep our football team here. There was no benefit for us, you know, training our bartenders at Cali Comfort to take signatures to try to keep the team here um certainly isn't great to have people telling cali comfort to go fuck themselves because you know we're supporting dean and we're supporting you know the spanos family i went to school with john i will always be a friend to john and that's something that i don't like everyone has their own personal relationship to the franchise to what happened that's totally fine but like we said before i'm always going to choose love that's who I am. I, I, I'm not gonna, I, um, I'm not going to be around negativity and I'm not going to be around hate. I, I completely 100% agree with you. The only difference is I, I look at it a little different as in the players have nothing to do with this move. Sure. Nothing to do with how the perception of the owner and the, and this kid. There's only this 32 case. NFL teams. Exactly. So whatever he did, whether it's a business relationship or business decision, excuse me, and whatever the politicians, the, the local politicians did as a business decision, it's on them. And I hate the feeling that we don't have a football team. But the relationship you created with the fans, like yourself, and the whole family, you know, the whole Bolt family, and the relationship I gather with Denzel Perryman, with, you know, uh, other players. I mean, we got to Rivers. cater, we got to cater yeah. for the Chargers. Yeah. We got a check from the San so, Diego Chargers so what, for our business. I feel bad for the fans that took it very personal. Yeah. But I also feel bad for the players that they're mixed in the same mud that we are as fans. Sure. They're being dragged. They don't. They have nothing to do with, with this whole move. Sure. It, it's it was it was. It's almost like if you're uh, and I hate this to say it as a, as a comparison, but if you're you're working for a company and they decided to move up north, are you gonna just basically say, well, I want to keep my job. I don't want to keep my job. I'm just gonna go ahead and not move. Yeah. No, you have no decision. You have nothing in Especially the decision that was made. Contractually obligated. Exactly. So there's a contract. You can't 
just quit. I mean, you could possibly do retire, but you know, I was going to do that. So I'm split in the middle and I, and I choose love for, I, I hate the situation in the sense, but I chose to still love the players. I love the game so much. I love football. I love the fact that sports and events force me to have relationships with busy people. It forces me to have yeah. my tickets yeah. and to make sure that no matter what we have, you know, Brad from who was at U.S. Foods, who helped us build his business, who now lives in Bakersfield. Every year he picks a game and we get to spend time, my wife and him and him and his wife. Nice. Like, that's the thing that for busy people, we get to spend that time together. And that happens at the Gulls games. That's why I love having Gulls tickets. That's why I love the barbecue events is it forces people that we love, we respect, that have the same blood type, that want to do something good and want to do something better. You know, like think big is one of the things that I, I it's like, what can we do? We love San Diego so much. We love Spring Valley so much. We love our village. We love our restaurant. We love the butcher shop. How can we all improve a little bit every single day? Yep. Right. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's 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 basically uh, what you have to learn in life, really. I mean, if you don't, what can you do every day? I, I want to say to to be a better person. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I I'll be honest, I'm not the perfect father. I'm not the perfect husband by no means. Right. I, I'm, I learn every day. And I sometimes I I just created a, did a post the day. It says, hi, I'm George and I'm a creator workaholic. I love and that. I, I it, saw that. You saw that. Yeah. So it, it's almost like saying I sometimes I may work too much, and and and, and I know you and I always we're told the same. I mean, we're, we're like I, we're. It's like I said, it's an infection. Like I can't help myself. <laughs> I would be fucking miserable if I couldn't. Like if my and wife that's, didn't and that's, let me do it. That, but there's a balance. The you know, just, I'm not the perfect father. I'm, I'm, I'm not the perfect husband. And that's, and that's I appreciate what I'm about you, to say. You saying I, that. I'm about to say that because uh, you know my my family, my two kids. You know my my son, practice squad, Jacob. Jacob. He's. 12 and my daughter's 15 and right now they're in the time where you know they're in high school and middle school you know and and i get home sometimes too late you know i get off at six i work in poway so i'm home around 6 45 7 o'clock and it's something i i need to really understand what they're going through they're yeah. going through probably the, the most changes in their lives they need dad they need they don't just need dad they need family they need yeah. mom and dad Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're not a, a perfect uh, uh, family in, in any sense of the word, but we're trying and we're, we're being, you know, whatever, whatever I learned in life, I, I try to apply it to not just obviously family, but also in my business practice. And, and I'm, I'm up to a point where I have to really just I have a call with one of my clients every Wednesday to go over their their stuff every year. Right. And I, I, I have other clients. You're one of my clients. I have and I bother Josh, the hell out of you. Which is fine. You try to set up boundaries. But no, it's important to talk about because, you know, for someone like me, I'm a needy fucking client. Like, I don't need anything until I need it. And when I need it, I bug which, the shit out of you until uh, I get it. Which is fine. <laughs> um, you know, I, I sort of adapt to, to the client's needs in a sense. But in a, in a, in a very, I try to approach it at, at a very organized matter so I, I can get to it. Boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. So sometimes I'll get a, I'll give you an example. Sometimes I'll get a, a client that'll text me changes on a, on a certain uh, flyer, or a certain Josh. I'm not putting you on blast, by the way. Okay. I love Josh. I know. Road warrior. Um, but I, I I try to do it because I want to be organized and I want to document everything because you know we're docking digital. Digital. It's all digital. And, I have all um, your emails. And, and the reason I the reason I apply this apply this practice to my business is. I would get back in the day. I would I would do a lot of um, text messaging where a client would want something change, 
And there's a lot of going back and forth. Change orders. Change orders, which I mean, is fine. Just, I mean, we talked to Josh, you know, from Next Gen, and he's a general contractor. Wow. It's documenting change orders will protect you as a business. And it's, 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 it's basically just more communication. accountability, communication, and it could be, a, it, well, man, it's just a small little change. I go, it's not even that. It's basically there's a, a, a step of process. Yeah. When it comes to start to finish, I like to put everything that needs to be outlined as far as changes, revisions, comments, anything you have. Helps you look at the big picture, too. And it helps me mm-hmm. become a better communicator. Yep. In a sense. So th- that's one thing I did learn uh, throughout the years uh, working with clients is, is um, I use Asana, which is a project management app application online. Uh, and it just basically outlines tasks. It, it gives you deadlines. Because back then, I mean, back in the day, it was like emails and text messages and phone calls. But there was no hub where everything's stored. What advice do you have for somebody that can't hire a graphic designer at this point? Is there any tools? I mean, Canva is something that we use. And I know Canva, I know for someone like you that is a craftsman, it's like, you know, well, can I go get barbecue that's not slow smoked? You know, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. But the tools that are available... Are improving every single day. There, there is, there are tools. A Canva is actually a perfect. It's better than example. Microsoft Word. Oh, don't ever use it. Microsoft <laughs> Word is just use it for documents, don't, legal don't ever stuff. Print a flyer on Microsoft don't, don't Word. Don't ever use There's too many. Tools don't ever available. use Microsoft for any kind of yeah. creation of, of marketing assets, Alvarez. <laughs> just playing. We love uh, Alvarez. I know. So, um, Canva is actually a pretty good example of, of a tool that I thought when at first I was exposed to. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Canva. Okay, Canva is a Canva online. Yeah, we'll, we put website. everything in the uh, show notes. It's so. got it's got Facebook it's cover platform templates. It's free got too. Cover. It's free, but you know what's funny is that it's free, but but in reality, there you have to log in and create an account. Sure. So it's not free. You give them your data, which of is course. that's the ball game nowadays. Absolutely, you want that data. Yeah. And once you have you retrieve that data, you're winning because oh, yeah. now they can send you advertisements. How do you they can Google, sell your. How do you think Google oh, of became course, Google? Of course. So Canva is actually, actually pretty cool. I love Canva. Except I think Canva. I think Canva is a threat though. Yeah. To graphic designers because they're so good. Yeah, but they're so good. But they're. I mean, they're that goes, limited. That goes back to what Derek and I talk about. You know, the the threat to retail, the threat to hospitality. Yeah, that's there's true. There's always there's always going to be a demand for the craft because artists. No, I mean. Picasso, Michelangelo, like well, these people that are doing these things, there's a reason why. It's because every fucking day they care about their craft. Every fucking day they that's work true. to be better, he, he, to be a master. And they're he, never a master because they're always working to improve that. That's true. That's true. I, I, I can tell you that uh, I can speak for all designers out there, especially in the brand design world uh, or logos. There's this brand or actually this company. I, I want to say it's called Fiverr. Yep. You heard of it? Yep. Fiverr is is a, a a network of graphic designers. I'm not sure where they're from. Mm-hmm. If they're in some island remotely from Zimbabwe or something mm-hmm. across Africa or Alaska, I don't know. But it's a network of graphic designers that give you your logo for as little as five dollars. Ooh, five dollars—that's a deal, right? But if you look at it closely, and it's infamous word from "Fools Gone Wild," look at it closely. It's it's very cookie cutter. Yeah, very generic, and the cut the, the average person that's trying to start a business, if they ever consider using Fiverr, good luck. Yeah, and and not no knock on Fiverr. I actually commend them for what they're doing. They're probably making some serious cash. Yeah, but it's it's basically templates. Sure. That 
don't have any sort of uh, creative well, it goes, it ingenuity. Back, you get you get you what get you what pay you pay for. It. Yep, the infamous. Like, yep, you know, getting a graphic designer to help you through those questions that are so difficult that you're not even going to know are going to come up. Yeah. Then if you already have those brand assets and then you go to Canva, now I can create stuff without you know spending a lot of money on a graphic designer to create an event flyer for something that's a one-off event that happens at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's here's another thing I want to take I want to bring up to this table here as far as graphic design a lot of people are have this this perception that graphic designers are very expensive or or they can't afford them right and and that i think that's a misconception in many ways and i think in any business if you want to acquire a service you want to get as cheap as possible yeah right but one thing about about brand identification is is um i always i've always I got this book called the Graphic Designers Guild Book. It's a pricing guild book. It talks about pricing throughout every possible area you can think of, whether it's county, city. It's published every it's, year. It's yeah. It's it's. I, I'm not sure if it's published every year. I I, is I it have online a, or is it just it's, a, it's, it's, it's a book, book cover. It's an actual book. Oh wow. It's an actual book. But you have to revise it because sure. prices change. Yeah. So you always try to find a good medium price, mm-hmm. right? Um, the way I see it is. I think I'm very affordable compared to like someone from like LA or someone like from New York or Chicago because they, they're their expenses a little bit higher than me. Sure. So I'm a little cheaper when it comes to the pricing medium for something like a website or, or a, a logo. I try to be very competitive, but at the same time, I'm not going to shortchange myself no. because of what I've, what I've been through as far as experience, software I got to pay for, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you an example. There's a, there's a old, uh, I don't know if it's a joke or whatnot, but there was this guy that walks into uh, taking his girlfriend to the park and he sees this guy painting faces and he sits down with the guy and says, excuse me, sir, how much are you going to charge me to have you paint my wife's face? And he goes, ah, well, let me, let me, let me see what we can do and, 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 and I will come up with the price, right? Wife sits down and he starts doing the painting. He's like, wow, he did it like in 30 minutes. And the guy says, yeah, it's going to want to charge you $800 or something, <laughs> something ridiculous, right? And the guy's... Well, the guys just looked at him and says, dude, what, man, you just did that in 30 minutes. How am I going to pay you that much? The price could be sure. anything you want. And the artist looked over, looked over to the guy and says, hey, it didn't take you 30 minutes. It took me 13 years to learn his craft. That's it took great. me experience. It took me trials sure. and tribulations to become who I am now. You're not just paying for 30 minutes. You're paying for what I've been doing for so long. So the guy was like, wow. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I, I, I see it. You know what I mean? So, and, and I think that's the, that's one thing. It's, it's, you're not just paying for someone for me to sit down and do a logo. You're right. paying for my software. You're, no, you're paying for the you're school paying for I your went to. Time. My time, time is very precious. You're paying and for valuable. Your answers, because you get right. to ask those questions exactly. that you're not going to be able to ask on Fiverr. Yep. Yep. You're going to be able to go through the process of understanding. Well, when I'm doing an embroidery and I have little tiny text in this logo, is it even going to come out on yep. a shirt, or is it even going to come out on a hat? Those are things that people don't know until you get the logo and then you go to the printer. And you're like, well, can I see what it's going to look like on a shirt? And it looks like shit. Yeah. Right. You're, you're basically paying for the knowledge that we've Correct. gained throughout Correct. the years, the experience, you know, and we're basically doing it. We're, we're taking the, the, the hits for you. Yep. You're, you're, you're not going to be going through trial and error. We've done the trial and errors before. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's I've always liked to think of it that way, because sometimes I still think, man, am I, am I, am I cheap? Or am I expensive? Like, wh- what am I? You know, and I. I go by this guild book to just make sure I'm not sure overly too expensive in a sense. But once you start to see that I'm not the only one, 
you know, and I, like I said, I've well, worked. I mean, that goes to your insecurities as an artist and that's, well, yeah, and, that, and, yeah. and that's fair, but you know, from someone from the outside, but who knows you and who pays you professionally to do work and who has done work and now we're family. Um, I mean, you're fucking, I mean, the work that you do, there's a reason why, you know, Denzel Perriman's reaching out to you. I mean, there's a oh, reason yeah, why these Denzel people, Perriman. these yeah, are, there's DP. a reason why, because what you do is incredible I mean, it's incredible work. And when people, if anyone that's in San Diego had ever been to Qualcomm, you'd see more SD bolt complex gear in the parking lots and you'd see branded charger stuff. And that's just well, the honest truth. I, those were the good days. Those were the good days. Uh, and I, and I still see some, you know, some shirts, obviously with the move, it, it, you don't see them as much in one area in, the, in San Diego as much, <laughs> maybe in Cali comfort, maybe in Cali comfort, but, um, you have to innovate sure. and you have to evolve. Like you said, and that comes with any business. And, and that's one thing I had to do with, with, with them moving. Um, so it, how do, it basically uh, had to change the gears a little bit, but you evolve and that's all that we, I mean, stay curious, get involved and innovation. Always, yeah. yeah and, innovate. and create positive habits. Yep. You know, create positive habits that are going to help you improve your craft. Um, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Well, my website, yep. recordcreated.com, which I just literally just uh, finished. Uh, finished. Awesome. Um, well, it's never finished. Websites, websites, are, never websites finished. are never finished, by the way. Right. Never. You're always going to keep changing. You have to keep improving. Um, Instagram, recordcreative, at recordcreative. Um, we'll put it all in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I... I I honestly want to say that the other areas that I'm, I'm trying to get into more and, and learn from, like you said, learn mm -hmm. from doing is user interface yep. and user experience. So um, I'm also starting to get into that. You ever heard of Skillshare.com? I have. Okay. So Skillshare, those, those people that don't know, it, it's an awesome tool. It's a subscription type based um, website, but you can basically learn. It's like, it's like YouTube. Yeah. But YouTube is a little bit more. Do you have any barbecue on Skillshare? I don't know, actually. I never, never checked. No, somebody, but somebody that's some, listening to this podcast it, it, should, should go check you, that out. You should There's check an it. Tell Gene to open up his own uh, Skillshare video, and mm -hmm. people are going to pay him for his skills. Yep. And he's sharing these skills online. That's awesome. You know what I mean? So that's that's so, so yeah, recordcreative.com and record at recordcreative on Instagram. Perfect. And, you know. Well, for anybody um, that's in San Diego or no matter where you are in the world. Please reach out to George. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge, even if you're not hiring him. Um, something I always appreciate is he's a great communicator. So no matter where you hit him up, um, sometimes he's got, he's got an answer for you. Uh, so even if that's just a question of what you should be asking your graphic designer or what you should be doing with your logo. And I know he's uh, a wealth of knowledge and he's willing to help. Uh, this week's social shout out is going to uh, Big John Brand. Uh, Big John Brand was the first sign up for this year's Spring Valley Tailgate and Barbecue Festival that's coming up on October 28th. Um, we are so fired up. I mean, I can't tell you how excited Derek and I are and the entire team to see how many people are coming. It's a Charger by week. Bolt Complex will be there. I've already signed you up. You already have space on the oh, street. Thank you. You're, you're, how do you uh, know? Yeah. Did I make the cut? You always make the cut. Right. You know, prime you get, cut? Once, Am yeah, I a prime your cut? prime cut. Your prime what's, cut. What's that? How What's is that is that i hope it's, derek it, was here what is that when you do it like a that's for derek to tell <laughs> you that's for derek <laughs> right. to tell Prime you cut. but yeah big john brand um at big john brand first sign up for this year's event we already have 17 teams signed up by the time this podcast drops um, we are capping it at 30 so if you're hearing this um make sure you sign up um this also is coming out for america's finest barbecue championship weekend at mission bay 
So come out and support the West Coast Barbecue Movement. Uh, the Behind the Smoke media team will be out there. And we're hoping uh, to get a Behind the Smoke episode with Mo Kason, who's making it into uh, San Diego. So we'll catch you next Friday. Thank you for listening to the episode. And uh, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate this. Hey guys, this is Sean and Derek, and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast. It means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved. We also have show notes uh, from all the episodes. So anything we talked about in the episodes, you can find detailed show notes there. Um, Plus, you can just get in touch with us. It's important that uh, we're here as a resource for you. So please reach out. Let us know how Derek and I can help you with your barbecue journey. Uh, Get involved. Stay curious. And uh, follow us on social at Barbecue War Stories. Uh, We'll talk to you soon.